Continuing the legacy of alpha-2 receptor agonist drugs, I would like to comment upon few more nice-to-know drugs in the same group. These are aproclodidine, bromonidine, guanfacine, guanabins, methaldopa, tizanidine, and moxonidine. Well, so welcome all to this Pharmacology Difficult Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Radhika Vijay, MBBS MD, Pharmacology, and this is the Audio Hub. To get the best simplified basic tips, strategies, methods, and lots of ideas to learn better, understand better, and make your concepts crystal clear. If you barely find and if there's a question hovering in your minds, is pharmacology difficult? Lend me your ears for a while and let in the magic of knowledge. Today's discussions commence its course with aproclonidine. It's a topically used medicine in pathologies of the eyes, especially glaucoma, where it aids by lowering down the intraocular pressure and it exhibits very few adverse effects because its systemic adverse effects just vanishes away due to its topical use. If ophthalmic therapy is the choice of treatment, then this drug is preferable over clonidine. Why? Because it has no access to the central nervous system as it has no access via the blood-brain barrier. Second point, if intraocular pressure rises in the states, other than glaucoma, I want to talk about states like iridotomy or states following the laser trabeculoplasty treatments, then also one can use aprochloridine to relieve and serve the purpose. Our next talk for the day consists of the discussions about premonitine. It's a very reliable agent to lower down the intraocular pressure again in patients with intraocular hypertension and also in states of open angle glaucoma. It generally exhibits adverse effects like sedation and hypotension. Yes, low blood pressure. Why? Because it can easily pass the blood-brain barrier. Now, that's one thing that is different from aproclonidine. But you need to know one thing more. These adverse effects of sedation and hypotension, they are very, very mild if they are compared to clonidine. Next, let's talk about... One more drug in the group that is methyl dopa. Methyl dopa is very commonly used to lower down the hypertension and it acts via central action. Its active metabolite is alpha methyl norepinephrine and this active metabolite serves the purpose to stimulate the alpha 2 receptor and curb down the hypertension that is raised blood pressure. So that is how it acts. Nothing more to comment about methyl dopa. Let's move on forward to guanfacine. Guanfacine is very, very selective drug for alpha receptors. It stimulates the brain stem receptors. It abandons the sympathetic discharge or the sympathetic tone and it lowers down the blood pressure. It is very commonly available as US FDA approved dosage form, which is in the form of a sustained release medicine, especially to treat 
Attention Deficit Hyperkinetic Disorder that is capital ADHD in kids. So that's a versatile use of guanfacine. Now, another important characteristic of guanfacine is that it also exhibits withdrawal syndrome. You can say it's quite similar to clonidine if it's abruptly stopped. But you need to know one more important thing. Because guanfacine has a longer half-life, that is T-half, the withdrawal symptoms, they are much, much milder as compared to those of clonidine. Let's move forward to the next drug in this group, that is guanabins. Now, guanabins has a similar mechanism to guanfacine. It also curbs down the raised hypertension. Its important characteristic feature is that it is extensively metabolized in liver. So there is a very great requirement to adjust its dose, especially liver pathologies, because in the hepatic pathologies, its metabolism is definitely to be impaired or suffered. The side effects, they are similar to clonidine like sedation, dry mouth, etc. Next drug to comment upon is moxonidine. Now moxonidine is alpha-2 receptor agonist and it is also imidazoline capital I1 receptor agonist. What is the function of moxonidine? It helps by lowering down the hypertension how does it do that? It also abandons the sympathetic discharge or the sympathetic tone. And another versatile use of moxonidine is in curbing down the neuropathic pain. And how is it that? Because moxonidine exhibits analgesic activity. And it also shows a very good synergistic activity with opioid agonists. So that was some important characteristics of moxonidine. Let's talk about tizanidine. Tizanidine is a drug of class of skeletal muscle relaxants, which we will study somewhere later. And why we are studying tizanidine here? Because along with belonging to the group of skeletal muscle relaxants, tizanidine is also alpha-2 receptor agonist. And it has quite similar clonidine-like properties. It helps to cure especially the cerebral and spinal spastic disorders. Now this was a brief account of the alpha-2 receptor agonist class and this class was very short. Now I would like to briefly begin and comment upon beta adrenergic agonists. Yes, today we are starting off with this new topic that is beta adrenergic agonist not a very detailed amount of info i'm gonna provide but yes we're gonna commence this topic today the main function of beta adrenergic agonists is to cure the bronchial spasm especially in states of asthma and also it helps in variety of other states like heart block heart decompensation 
in management of predom labor. In the cardiac pathologies, it helps by its chronotropic action and also by its inotropic action. As far as the chronotropic action is concerned, it helps in arrhythmias and bradycardia and tositis depointis. And via the inotropic effect, it stimulates the force of contraction of the heart. The one and only drug I'm going to talk about today is isoproteranol. Now, isoproteranol, which is also known by a variety of other names, which you might be knowing and few of them you might not be knowing also. These are isoprenaline, isopropyl noradrenaline and isopropyl norepinephrine. What are the characteristic features of isoproteranol? It's a non-selective potent beta receptor agonist. When administered parenterally, the peripheral resistance, that is the vascular resistance is lowered down, the diastolic blood pressure falls, the systemic blood pressure is not much affected, it may stay stagnant, it may slightly rise which is quite insignificant, but the mean arterial blood pressure falls. Now there is a rise in the cardiac output, why? Because of the positive anotropic and the chronotropic effects. If we talk about the side effects, they are generally due to the large doses or toxic doses which are seen as symptoms like palpitations, tachycardia, arrhythmias and if too much dose is given then cardiac tissue necrosis may occur. That has been an observed case in case of experimental animals. Another use of isoproteranol is it conveniently causes smooth muscle relaxation it causes these smooth muscle relaxation both in the gut and the respiratory tract. The effect is thought of assisted with release of histamine and other inflammatory mediators and these are very helpful to relieve the bronchial spasm in situations of bronchial asthma. But nowadays, we have much decent, sophisticated, better drugs available other sympathomimetic drugs which have replaced isoproteranol for this function of relieving bronchial spasm. The most important routes of drug administration of isoproteranol they are parenteral and also sometimes it's given via aerosol. Its main metabolism is via the enzyme catecholamine O-methyltransferase and not by any other means. The most important and the common side effects include palpitations, tachycardia, headache, flushing. Sometimes ischemia may be seen if the cardiac pathology is already underlying. Now I want to pause my speech here. I will be returning again with a bunch of info bites all about beta receptor agonist drugs in my upcoming episodes. So what is my humble advice? That is to stay tuned. For all the updates and latest episodes of my podcast, do visit www.spharmacologydifficult.com where you can also sign up for a free monthly newsletter of mine. It actually contains a lot of updates about medical sciences, drug information updates and my podcast updates also. You can follow me on different social media handles like Twitter, Insta, Facebook and LinkedIn. They all are with the same name as Pharmacology Difficult. 
If you are listening for the first time, do subscribe and follow whatever platform you are consuming this episode. Stay tuned. Do rate and review on iTunes, Apple Podcast. Stay safe, stay happy, stay enlightened. Thank you.